What do you say? Four days of R&R at the beach. I'm in. She's in. I'm in. Sounds good to me. I got a bad feeling about this. They thought their vacation would be fun. They were wrong. Dead wrong. He's what's called a trophy hunter. Boom, 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 boom. Dad used to tell me that he'd hunted everything but man. Hey. to definitely first blood we are a horror movie podcast we talk about horror movies of the 70s the 80s the 90s the early 2000s and today and we're finally back it's been two weeks since our uh, last episode i know i'm stretching my podcasting so legs. much has come and gone halloween came and went yeah it did and now we're deep balls deep into uh november yeah uh as i can look out the studio window right now we're having the first snowstorm of the season. It's delightful. Fuck. We wanted to make an episode last week and we had planned on yeah. it, but then we had some very unexpected dog illnesses. Yeah. And uh, so now two weeks and $600 later, here we are, baby, and our dog is fine. Yep. Thank God. Yes. Worth it, though, the $600 yeah, to make sure I would she's say fine. So. We're mixing things up today, too. We're not drinking our usual uh, box red wine, even or though. Beer. Yeah, for the yeah. countdown to our Halloween, we did the, the craft beers. We should do some Christmassy ones. We should. Yeah. Instead, we're drinking craft ciders, and we don't really drink cider, so no. it's quite alarming. I always think I like cider until I drink it, and then I'm like, oh. It's like um, La Croix. This is yeah. what it actually it reminds me of. I'm drinking a rosé cider, which I thought was going to be like rose water, which mm-hmm. is something I totally fuck with. But instead, it's just like, uh, it's a, p- a pink color. Yeah, it's like a rosé. But I'm a boy. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Uh, mine, the Chronicles of Hops is the tale of a cider with a desire to be different. In search of its unique style, this cider is on a journey to discover the hops of the world, experimenting with their herbal, floral, and fruity qualities. Nice. Yeah, I, it's a bit much for me. No offense. <laughs> cider, brick, Brickwork Cider House Yeah, works, I don't know. They're just super they're sour, listening. but whatever. Hey, man, 6%. Can't go wrong. Did you already drive that home? I'm driving it home right now. And on other news, uh, can I do a quick book review? Of course you can. Yeah. We haven't had a Mitch's book review in quite some Here we time. Go. So. My, my book corner. Uh, Kill Creek by... Someone whose name I don't remember, but you can Google it because how many books are there that are called Kill Creek? A <laughs> uh, horror book about four authors who are called to a haunted house in order to do uh, viral content. And it is way better than it actually sounds. Like, actually, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. And good. I really like the characters in it, so I highly recommend it. I'm <laughs> how pr- many stars? Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty loose with my stars, so probably like five yeah. stars. It's worth your time. 
I would say I'm enjoying it and I regret having to come home from, well, no, I don't regret having to come home from work, <laughs> but it's like, oh, I wish I could find out what's going to happen next, but I'm not going to dun, dun, until dun. tomorrow. Yeah. As our, our first return to form, we are mm-hmm. talking about The Mutilator and I'm very excited to talk about it because it's one of those movies that I always forget how much I actually appreciate it until you watch it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, the acting is far from It's acting, good, right. But it has its moments, and, like, the gore is really good, the special yep. effects. The, some of the scenes are really nicely shot. Yeah. yeah. So it was shot in 1984, released mm-hmm. in 1985. By OK Productions. Directed by Buddy Cooper, at parentheses, and John Douglas. He was, mm-hmm. like, a co-director. And it was also written by Buddy Cooper. Stars Matt Mittler, who was in this movie Breeders that I think we tried watching. Yeah. He did a bunch of voices on the Pokemon series. Oh, good. Uh, also stars Ruth Martinez, Bill Hitchcock, Connie Rogers, Francis Raines, who was also in Breeders, and Maury Lampley. Yep. Um, the special effects, because they do deserve a shout out and they are quite good. They were done by Mark Showstrom, who also, he's a pretty prolific special effects artist. Uh, he did a bunch, like to name a few, he did Slumber Party Massacre, Videodrome, Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 1, 2, and 3, From Beyond, Witchboard, Evil Dead 2, Prince that's, of Darkness. It's quite the CV. Phantasm 2 and 3. Uh, he did like Dick Tracy, did a lot of oh, TV creepy. in the 90s, like Star Trek Voyager, X-Files, a few episodes of Buffy. So yeah, he he's like constantly working which he's is a good. household name basically yeah then he did a really That's good job awesome. in this movie too yeah. which is great very enjoyable yeah and we start this slasher sesh with a lady who mm-hmm. we learn later is ed jr's mom finishing up decorating a birthday cake for daddy yeah and, and she's Big ed. she's dressed like annie hall yeah sort of. a little bit she's got giant pants on <laughs> giant pants it's really cool a young ed jr mm-hmm is watching from the door. He carefully closes it and then tapes a sign up on the gun case. Yeah. The unlocked gun case filled with guns. Says, happy birthday, daddy. All clean by me. And then he takes one of the guns out and accidentally shoots his mother through the wall. She drops down super dead. Like hits her dead center in the chest from behind. Yeah, like it hits her in the back and then like... Yeah. Bleh. So I guess this could be a commentary on gun control. Uh, yeah. Who stores unlocked, fully loaded handguns? Oh, we should have looked that up. I'm not sure what the like uh, gun laws in North Carolina That's are. True. I imagine they're pretty loose. But like from a safety point of view, this guy's a huge hunter. He kills everything. So you would presume that he would practice good weapon safety so as not to be killed himself. Yeah, man. My dad's guns were always locked up. Yeah. Guns aside. Yeah, so then, like, any sane person, Mm -hmm. he goes up to his mom's body and starts shaking her, and he's like, Mama, Mama, which makes no sense because this kid is no younger than 12 years old. Yeah, he would be, like, probably just freaking out. Yeah, and it's unfortunate timing for the dad, Big Ed, who gets home. He sees the body, and then menacingly, like, starts walking up on Mm -hmm. Little Ed before picking the gun up and chasing him from the room. Then he picks his dead wife up and drags her away to the sofa where he pours some good old, is it Jim Beam? JD. JD. Yeah, Jack Daniels. Sees the sign from his son on the gun case, takes it, Mm -hmm. puts it on his wife's chest. As you do. As you do. And then uh, pours some liquor in her mouth. Nice. Siren sound in the background for some reason. As Ed looks on. Yeah, I'm not sure... Because he obviously didn't call the cops, so did Ed Jr. call the cops? Maybe, yeah. I Also, like, they got there really be. fast. It this is like, And it makes, yeah, they got there super fast. It just happened, like, within the span of, like, two minutes. Yeah, and then it cuts to the future. We've got an adult or college-aged Ed Jr. and his pals, our slasher mm-hmm. fodder. They're sitting in this awesome-looking bar with wood paneling and what seems to be just like a home dining table. Oh, yeah, and we get the first uh, dulcet tones of what we will come to respect and recognize as... One of the best songs of all time. Fall break. 
They're drinking Budweiser, which is heavily featured in this scene. Oh, yes. The labels are all very, very clearly displayed. In the background, there's like a neon Budweiser sign. And Ed and Ralph are in a constant battle over a single Budweiser bottle, which they keep stealing from each other. Yeah. The whole crew is bummed out because it's fall break and they've got no plans. Hey, when you fail to plan, you plan to, to fail. And we have, like, the whole cast of slasher characters here. We've got Ed's girlfriend, the mm-hmm. good girl Pam, the jokester Ralph, the jockey guy Mike and his girlfriend mm-hmm. Lisa, who will get topless later. Uh, and they talk about their plans for the break. Yeah. And Linda has some particularly interesting plans. I'm going to set a new high score on video machine. I'm going to watch. You gotta. And then Ed gets an impeccably timed phone call. Yeah. From his, from who? From his dad. Yeah. Who wants him to close up their condo on the beach for the winter. Okay, because I just thought of this while we were listening to this. How does his father know that he's at the bar? A total coincidence. Unexplained. Yeah. Bang. (laughs) Unless he gave his dad like, hey, if you can't reach me, I'll be here or something crazy like like that. Something ridiculous like that. Anyways. Um, While he's on the phone, Pam explains to the whole crew what we saw in the opening credits Mm -hmm. that... His mother is dead. God, it was a terrible accident, too. What happened? When he was a little boy, Ed accidentally shot her. Oh, man. Drove his father crazy. I can understand it. And they react very just like... I don't know what I would say if someone told me that. That sucks. The second anyone in your life finds out about that, their opinion of you is instantly yeah, changed. Yeah, apparently not, though. And he comes mm. back, and then he really lays into his dad for hating him so much. I oh, think yeah. he, he refers to himself as the redheaded bastard. Yeah, even though he's the only son. And, I mean, sure, it was an accident, but I think it's understandable to be at least a little bit resentful of your son. And, but yeah. then that's also really unclear because he seems to talk very like highly of his dad throughout the rest of the movie, right? Like it's How it's like they had some sort of relationship. And everything they must have if he let him clean his guns, like if that was like an acceptable gift. Yeah, I mean, even following that, right? Like there has to be some sort of relationship oh, there, true, even if it's true. like yeah. resentful or something. I don't know, but his friends really want to go to to the condo despite the fact that he is just like screw you dad so he relents anyway Mm -hmm. and they all pile into a pretty stellar convertible this thing is as big it's huge i can't remember can you imagine what it'd be like to exist when cars were that goddamn big (laughs) impossible and they all go to pick up our sixth cast member sue before Mm -hmm. they go to the, the condo on the beach and even though Ralph, the consummate jokester, mm-hmm. prank life, 420 blaze it, tries to say he is like she isn't coming, but oh, then she surprise, she's coming. Another one of those classic she, Ralph fibs. Great joke. Ugh. And then we fully launch into fall break. When the leaves of summer turn red and gold and the football games bring a hint of the cold time to get away. We'll pack the car with escape in mind Forgetting about classes, leaving books behind Time to get away Empty cottage sitting on the shore Tourists all left about a month before And we're gonna have a good time Gonna have a good time Yeah, we're gonna have a good time We're going on out A ball break, ball break. walking hand in hand I swear we'll never part. We're going on a fall break, running in the sand, feeling all right. And when you fall into my arms, I'll break into your heart. Yeah, and this is an extended driving montage that establishes one of our faves that the car is garbage. Uh, it's hard to start. It heats up too quickly, blah, blah, blah. Pam has amazing taste in hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all cool with drunk driving openly in 1980. Z. Yep. 
pretty nuts to see. <laughs> they actually stop at a store for more beer, mm-hmm. and Ralph goes inside and he grabs a six pack. And there's this 10% seniors discount, which, I mean, I almost missed. I'm going to be honest with you because the sign wasn't big enough. Yeah. It's the size of the entire counter. It's giant. Hey, how old do you have to be to get that discount? 65. 65? Hey, man, now that's discrimination. And he ought to know because he's a law student, but he'll get two packs of beer if they give him the discount, which he thinks is a great con. Yeah, and then the second he leaves, yeah, uh, the store owner's what wife is like, another one of those smart ass college kids talking themselves into buying two six packs instead of one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is pretty awesome. They eventually get to the condo and they find that the doors are wide open. Which is pretty ominous. I think it would set some alarms off for me personally. Yeah, especially when you go in there and it's just filled with garbage. And they just don't even really seem to care. Well, Pam, who's the only sensible person in this entire movie. They go inside and the condo is absolutely filled with empty liquor bottles. On every flat surface that will support them, there is at least five of them. I don't know how you drink that much. Pam very smartly wants to call the cops, but there, as we learn, are no cops on the island, but sometimes they do like a beach patrol. And there's no phone to call them with. Ed is extremely like laissez-faire about the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe we'll call tomorrow if we call at all. Well, he's going to call his dad first or something. Anyways. They go into the living room and they see all of his hunting and fishing trophies like mounted to the wall. And it seems like this, well, Ed says it, he kills everyone except, or everything except humans. And it shows. There's like one of the fish mounted and Linda's like, "Mm." Mm, mm, I'll bet that was good baked with a little lemon. Definitely Linda. And then they find a photo of a dead guy who Ed senior hit with a boat and killed an accident. And he's got big, slash marks up his torso and it's in a framed photo yeah on the wall he's just another trophy right i guess and then sue spots the gaff the big hook fish Mm -hmm. thing and then they see the triangle sinkers yes this took us so long to figure out what they were we had to keep listening what they were saying over and over again mitch had to look it up like the script i had to find the script and it was I'm not kidding you. The only source for this information was the script. Hey, let's throw pyramid singers to the wall. (laughs) You know, they almost made it. Well, dad won the contest, naturally. And this was his winning toss. He was so proud, he nailed a picture frame around it. It, I swear he was saying pyramid zingers. And I, I was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, we were both like, what? And, and Google returned no results. Thanks, Google. And it, they say the name only once. It's preposterous. And these things are throughout the rest of the movie. Also, his father was the only one to get it into the wall? I guess. He and his, his buddy were drunk and they... Threw it in the wall, and he liked it so much, he got it framed. Everyone else seems much more adept at throwing these things than this idiot is. I think these things also, as they find them, sort of narrate how they all die. Like, Linda drowns like a fish. Mm -hmm. Mike dies by outboard motor. Ralph uh, gets, like stuck to the to the yeah. door with the the thing After like the triangle yeah. and then uh sue gets gaffed and she like notices the Jesus. the hook i didn't notice that but man that's gross i guess that's probably why they put that they're just like well we want to kill someone with a propeller so yeah. how do we represent <laughs> i well the the guy in the photo was the director <laughs> as well so it's like a director cameo Nice. They nice. also do this like extended bit about a Yucatan mask, which is quite obviously just paper mache. Mm-hmm. That is a mask of the Mayan rain god Chalk. Dad picked it up on a hunting trip in Yucatan. I think he stole it. You know, the priests were supposed to wear these during ritual sacrifices. Sacrifices? Sacrifices. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me they sacrifice lambs and little things like that? Yeah, little things like that. No. Nope. Big things like girls. 
The victims, young virgins, were shot with arrows or sometimes beheaded. Oh, take this away from me. <laughs> virgins, huh? Well, at least we're all safe. Or are we? I wonder if maybe at some point they intended for Ed Sr. to wear it while he's killing them, sort of like Michael or Jason or something. Maybe, but it's so clunky. It really was. It's really, like, it looks, it looks nothing like what we see on Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> I'll just say that right now. I also gotta say, high def is not friendly to Mike, in particular, looks 45 <laughs> years old. And Ed Jr., it looks a hard 30. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus all their, I guess for us, their body hair makes them seem way older. I guess, yeah. Well, I think Ralph looked age appropriate Mm. and all of the girls looked age appropriate. It was just like, Mike honestly looks like the dad from the Brady Bunch. Or no, wait, not Mike. Uh, Ed looked like the dad from the Brady Bunch. And Mike just, he He looks like like a Sears catalog model. Yeah. From the 70s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Wearing those, like, tight shirts. Very, very weird Steve he had. (laughs) And so they find that Ed Sr.'s battle axe is notably missing, Mm -hmm. and Junior doesn't think it's a big deal. Like, he doesn't think anything is a big deal. And I guess it isn't missing because then we see that Ed Sr. is sleeping in the garage with it. He's cuddling it up with it. Yeah. Ah, and he's dreaming of revenge. Yeah, he's like fantasizing about murdering his son while all of the, the kids are hanging out inside doing typical slasher movie maneuvers. Yeah, so it's sort of intercut him murdering his child in various ways in a completely abstracted all-black space <laughs> and them making out, yeah, drinking. In a Coors Light commercial. <laughs> it's uh, really good. I like the dream sequences a lot in this movie, that they didn't just set them or like reuse the same footage that yeah. they used earlier, which I hate when they do that in movies. Oh, for sure. So I appreciate the uh, psychodrama that they lay out with it. And young Ed, played by the director's son. Nice. <laughs> so perhaps living out some real-life yeah. fantasies. Okay, now stab him. Stab him again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is great. We get some character relationship stuff. Uh, Ralph loves Taraz Pam about her virginity or, or her whatever. You know, as you do. But to she women. can give it right back. I like Pam's probably my favorite character in this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, Linda and Mike go to investigate the garage, and Ed Sr. is spying on them from his hiding spot, which is one of two storage closet things yeah, that are in the garage shittily doored storage closets yeah mike starts to undo her jacket with a pair of pliers yeah weirdly after they find more pyramid sinkers oh yeah so many pyramid sinkers it's a very not sexy scene at all no it's not it's like a robot doing it to her yeah linda goes to open the other door where ed is hiding and then they get interrupted by Pam, who has come outside to put the roof up on the convertible. Yeah. And uh, she, all of this is happening while uh, the father looks on yeah. creepily. The times of day are also wildly inconsistent, especially in this shot. Like the, the lighting outside changes mm-hmm. so much. And I notice later on in scenes where they like go from inside to outside in one fluid take, yeah. there's bright lights in front of the house. So for some scenes where it is it is actually dark, you can't tell based on what room they're in. <laughs> it makes no sense. Lyndon like leave the garage and it's dark, but then it shows Pam and it's very clearly still like midday. And then she does the whole final girl type of thing where she sort of sniffs the killer out. She like knows he's in there, mm-hmm. but then she heads inside and he goes to stalk the beach. God damn it. <laughs> uh, and we get a really nice shot of the pitchfork and the ax in like two beams of light in the closet. Like, ah, oh, these will come back later <laughs> inside they They're finishing up dinner and I am extremely curious about what they're eating because it's this like, creamy potato thing maybe mm. but they're eating it with their hands and what I, yeah i'm I very confused this. i like this 
creamy potatoes, but eaten with the hands. Or something. I really don't know. It was it was mystery food in a bowl. Maybe it's some kind of like... Well, no, I was going to say seafood fair, but obviously... It could have been fish. Not. I Who really the hell don't knows? know. And this is when Pam whips out her duty roster. Yeah. Here's a duty roster. A duty roster? Yep. Ed and I clean up tonight, Ralph and Sue tomorrow night, and so on. <laughs> She's got everything planned. For someone who is so planned up, why didn't she just plan for something for them to do in advance? Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's just to like show that she's the organized girl with the clipboard. Yeah, so she and Ed, it's their turn to clean up. So everyone else gets the night off. Yeah. Cleaning up is not a big responsibility. I don't really understand. Do people have a problem with cleaning up? I don't know. Maybe they did in 1984. When I'm eating with some in someone's house for a cabin drink-a-thon like this, most people just put it on paper plates so you can just toss it out. I guess. I think it's it's honestly probably mm. just to like point her out as having like a responsible oh, personality. Definitely. And like her and Ed willing to make like the the short term sacrifice for the long term yeah. reward, right? And, and because the, then they get the next couple days that's off. That's true. But those days don't go. Ah. Uh, so while this is happening, they're breaking their backs. Linda and Mike are frolicking in the waves yes. and being watched from the sand dunes. So this like porny synth flute music yeah. that is extremely roughly cut into like synth slasher music. Yeah. kind of liked it it was so cheesy and somebody's watching them obviously it's ed senior and the other kids are inside playing monopoly Mm -hmm. but they decide that they want to go catch up with mike and linda namely ralph because he's losing so he doesn't want to play anymore oh yeah and he alludes to a prank that comes much much later in the in the movie to the point yeah. where I only remember that he alluded to it now upon reading the notes. And this is another one of the scenes where it's very obviously daytime outside mm-hmm. because it's pure bright light outside of the windows. And but then when they decide to to head out it is extremely nighttime outside and there's this shot where they all leave and they like open the glass doors, the sliding doors to go outside and I love this shot. Yeah, me too. It was beautiful the curtains are whipping in the wind and being sort of sucked out of the door a yeah bit. while they walk straight down still in focus yeah and eventually out of focus as yeah they go out of frame so it, it like gives it a lot of breathing room it reminds me of like in the great gatsby when all of the yeah curtains are very blowing. similar yeah. the cinematographer from this movie um it does almost exclusively like military documentaries now which is oh. interesting Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, you find your niche, you stick to it, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Mike and Linda stumble across this very weird blue pool bubble thing. Yeah. And it's like literally just tarp. And they go inside and talk about the chlorine in the pool. Yeah. Will that hurt you? No, in fact, it probably prevents herpes. Oh, I didn't know I had to be concerned about that. Anything not to wear a condom, am I right? Like, why would you be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> good thing. Not funny? Yeah, it's an insane exchange. For Mike, and it's not funny for Mike to bring that up, I mean. Not it's at all. what she said is hilarious. Like, hey, the worst possible thing you could say, unless it actually applies to your situation. <laughs> Hue the fluty music again, man. Mm-hmm. And it, sound, it sounds like imaginary elevator music like a parody an approximation of elevator music yeah someone trying real hard for something inoffensive like like... royalty free uh youtube backing music of today yeah but hand like handmade on one synthesizer in the 80s (laughs) oh yeah like this is just some dude made this silly little thing yeah so the lights flicker on and off in this pool which is important uh, to note, because it sets up jokes later. And we get this extended disrobing scene. Yeah. Because we need to know how <laughs> they get naked. The others have begun their own frolicking on the beach while Ed Sr. watches. Mm-hmm. Man, like, Ed Sr. is such an awful name for a killer. Tr- like, truly awful. I guess they call him Big Ed, which is uh, a little bit better, I guess. It should have been something like 
oh my dad mordecai mordecai <laughs> or something like that i don't Matthias. know Matthias. i don't know it was weird it was a weird choice that he's finally he's worked up the killage to courage to murder his son finally <laughs> after all these years i don't know yeah i don't know is he gonna kill once once he kills his son i think he'll just be happy yeah. isn't that always the case that's what they always say and then you find there's just more secret sons you have to kill Ed Jr.'s drawing hearts on the beach with Pam's name in them, mm-hmm. and we're learning about her virginal ways. Ha uh, ha ha. Mike and Linda splash around in the pool like they've literally never been in water before. I can imagine the director giving them a note, be playful, and they're just totally blanking. Because it's honestly like they've never splashed each other in water oh, before yeah they're like playing like newborn foals they're also both very tall and like they keep coming out of the water yeah just by standing linda who francis reigns she's six feet tall so he's even taller than that and i think it's only a shallow section in this pool. yeah <laughs> i feel like the pool has to be pretty shallow because it's waist deep for them like they're standing up and she's waist deep in water and then like one end isn't darker than the other one yeah it's weird which just brings up further problems later anyways (laughs) uh want the lights go out again ha ha and we see the spooky shadow of big ed outside yeah Uh uh-oh then they play this really weird game of marco polo that makes genuinely zero sense well, the second one of them goes underwater, they swim away, and then the other one comes up in the exact same spot, yeah. and they can't find each other. <laughs> I think this sort of, maybe it goes, well, no, because the lights are on. Well, maybe it's like when they're playing uh, Blind in, Man's yeah. Bluff later, where it's supposed to be dark, but it's not actually like, dark. you can see everything, but they're pretending to be blind, and yeah. it's kind of strange. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like Jodie Foster in Science of the Lambs. <laughs> Linda's floating there when all of the sudden hands come from beneath her and mm-hmm. drag her down very silently. Yeah. And she then, barely fights back. Uh, Big Ed carries her out. And all of the while, Mike is in the pool mm-hmm. and somehow does not see or hear a single thing. And it's not this. a very big pool. Yeah. Like he even gets out of the pool with her body and he takes. He They're takes close. a sweet-ass time leaving as well. Yeah, it's truly bizarre. So Mike gets out, and he has to go on this little scavenger hunt mm-hmm. to find his shit. And Big Ed took his time setting this up. Yeah, to, he just, like, For something that he had no... He thought, oh, I'm just going to murder my son, but instead, I'm going to freestyle and murder all of his friends first in very elaborate ways. I'm, I'm not shitting on this movie. He obviously didn't know that his son was going to bring his friends. No, no. But he's glad that they did because it truly lets him uh, add to his trophy case. Well, he's got all those spikes in the net closet that he has to yeah. fill. And then he fills them and he still keeps going. He's a trooper. I appreciate it. So Mike follows this trail of clothing and his own, he picks him up on the Mm -hmm. way, jumps over the cinder block wall, leading back to the condo garage. And uh, then he finds like her bra. And then finally he finds her underwear on the door. The forbidden closet that that Ed's dad lives in. He starts trying to spook her. Like, I'm coming to get you. And then Ed, Big Ed, bursts out with a moat, a boat motor. Like an offboard motor. And rips him the fuck up with it. Yeah, and he takes a while to die, too. And yeah. he's like, Ugh. His acting is so funny while he's dying. Because Ooh. I, they included, like, the extended stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, because obviously he wasn't actually getting killed with the motor. So you're just seeing like an extended version of him reacting to being killed with the motor, even though the motor stopped. So even after the motor stopped, he's still like, oh, so they really didn't do him any favors by just like cutting it to when he falls down. They didn't. But then even when he falls down, he's still sitting perfectly up when Ed drags him into the the closet. That's true. So uh, he mounts Linda on the net spike. Yeah. And then does he also mount uh, this guy too? Yeah, yeah, he does, but they don't They don't show it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, while this is happening, the kids are all still on the beach looking for them. Mm -hmm. And a police officer sneaks up behind them and scares the shit out of them. Yeah. And then Ed Jr. gives this really dumb explanation that reminded me of Tara at Ten Keller, kind of. We're staying at my father's condo up that way. Right here along the street, the one that runs along the ocean. Yeah, he was closing his condo for the winter when he became ill. And we all came down to help finish up. And it doesn't sound believable at all. Yeah, it's just like a very formal, bizarre sort of sentence and that no one would ever say. Why not just say, oh, that's my dad's condo. I think he had a big party and he asked me to clean it up if I was going to stay there. Yeah. Like, that's way more believable. The cop says that he saw two guys there the other day, yesterday, or mm -hmm. something like that. Two then, guys drinking all that, all those bottles. And then Pam tells the cop about the potential breaking at the condo mm -hmm. and like when they got there the axe was missing and whatnot so he warns them about an incoming thunderstorm because they could get struck by lightning mm -hmm. on the beach and he's gonna go check it out so they part ways and he goes back to the condo and uh, he calls in the potential break-in oh ralph says something to him before he goes about the missing two if you do see them don't look because they're probably fucking <laughs> yeah but man. i also feel like that's a profoundly zen statement because <laughs> how can you not look when you're seeing someone but yeah i don't know like he says some it. stuff there and then when he calls in the break into mm -hmm. where it's very evident that they had no idea how police talked and when they wrote this they made absolutely no effort to even try and find out yeah i'm investigating a possible 1038 Four East Ocean Town. Roger, man. We know where you are. 10-4. They're just like approximations of cliche oh, police yeah. lines. Makes you wonder what was on TV related to the police. Before, oh, ton like, of stuff. Yeah, but was it accurate? All these questions and more playing in my brain constantly. <laughs> the cop starts poking around outside the condo, and then Ed, Big Ed, comes out of nowhere and stabs him in the face with a board or something like it or like a machete through yeah the cheek. I, i'm not sure and Ouch. then then he decapitates him One very good effect swift movement yeah. yeah the like model of his head was very good i it thought it was it was very creepy i do wish there was more blood yeah in this whole movie but i guess this sort of goes to something that i was thinking of why didn't they find all the blood when they come back to the thing? You true. think their shoes would be covered in it, but whatever. Plus, then they have to clean it up, right? That's Like true. the crew and stuff. Yeah. And you have to reset after every kill. Ugh. Garbage. Which would just probably be more annoying than anything. Very true, very true. Pam, Ed, Ralph, and Sue gear up to head back to the condo because, as Pam says... Lightning is not one of my favorite things. They get back to the condo and decide to play another game. Yeah. Ralph continues to taunt Pam more just like Razzner yeah. than, than anything. It's not really villainous or anything. And then Pam like suplexes him. I don't know what suplex means, but she like flips him over and like pins him to the ground. Yeah. And then she's like threatening to punch him in the face. And he suggests that they play Blind Man's Bluff, mm -hmm. which is a game that I suppose is kind of like hide and seek. Or like sardines. I don't know what sardines is. It's this. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's in the total dark, and when you find someone, you have to stay with them. It's also very similar to how they die, right? Because they they find their dead friends, and then they have to lie down with them. Exactly. I also wrote that down, because I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. They all go looking one at a time, <laughs> and they don't like what they find. Sue volunteers to be it, so she has to hide first. And so she starts to shut out all of the lights mm -hmm. while the other three go outside to wait. And she's shutting the lights out in the kitchen when she sees the doorknob start to turn. So she locks it because she thinks it's just Ralph trying yeah. to sneak in. And but she, it's Big Ed. Ooh. And like quick thinking. Yeah. I mean, I guess she doesn't realize what happened. But no. Man. I, effective too. Like that would be creepy. It would be because it's that like Ed doesn't know what's going on. She exactly. doesn't know what's going on. The rest of the crew heads inside to start the game. And Sue has truly chosen a fantastic hiding spot. She's behind the cooler that they have on the table. With all 12 beers in it. Yeah. Minus what they've already drank. What kind of idiot 
only buys 12. I need 12 beers. Well, they only bought 12 beers. I need 12 beers for the night. Uh, Okay. (laughs) But they obviously drink more than two beer each. So I think they already had some with them. I guess. Uh, because they drank it on the ride. Oh, They're true. probably just like I forgot that they were drunk driving. Yeah. Really annoying. <laughs> so she locks him out, and then uh, everyone else is on the balcony waiting to finish their beers, except they don't finish their beers. Pam pours part of her beer out, and then they all litter off the back of the deck. Mm-hmm. Makes me very angry. A sea turtle could eat that. Or drink that beer. Indeed. It's not safe. (laughs) So like we said, she's behind the cooler inside. And Pam is the first to find her. Mm -hmm. And so she gets under the table. And the whole scene is very brightly illuminated. We talked about this earlier. And I wonder if it was a little darker when it played in the 80s. Because like the projection abilities weren't as up to snuff uh, as they are true, now. True, true. I don't know. I've watched pretty shitty quality versions of this before, and I remember always thinking the same thing. Like, why is it so bright? Yeah, because they just look like idiots. Yeah, it's things. like those movies where people are running in the woods and you can see everything. Very true. Where it's like yeah. super illuminated. And they managed to not run Like Leprechaun. I don't know yes. why I really hold Leprechaun up to the standard of that, where they're in this perfectly illuminated forest. <laughs> God damn it, Leprechaun. Yeah, with the remember, there's the green light on the, the patch of clovers. How could I forget? Yeah, how could I forget? And normally with these low budget movies, my complaint is that it's too dark. That's true. And in yeah. this case, it's way too bright. Yeah. And it's like a not effectively spooky, and b it's not believable. So Ralph finds them. He joins the two girls and gets under the table. And I I do like this scene. Yeah, I just too. wish that it was darker. Big Ed opens the sliding doors and he comes into the condo and into the kitchen. But because of the, I'm making air quotes here, darkness, mm-hmm. he can't see them hiding and they can't see him. They can only really see like his silhouette. They think it's Ed. Exactly. Yeah. Ralph goes to grab his feet, but then Pam is like, no, 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 no. So then he re-unlocks the door that, Uh, Sue locked Mm -hmm. and then he leaves the room just as Ed is coming downstairs so they miss each other and then Ed goes and opens the fridge and asks them if they want a beer because he knows they're in there through process of elimination Mm -hmm. so they all don't know that they've narrowly avoided brutal murder and then Big Ed sneaks back out the sliding doors what a sneaky little fuck exactly they all do this like arm stretch yawn thing. Yeah. Oh, it's time for bed. But they take their beer with them, with the exception of Pam, who leaves hers on the counter. Oh, uh, wow. The, they really did need a continuity editor. <laughs> <laughs> Pam is worried about Mike and Linda, but Ralph explains it away as them wanting to bone down and relax because they've all had a long week. We all mm-hmm. have. So they head to bed. Good night. Good night. And Ed goes to take his pants off, but Pam isn't really vibing on it. Okay. She's very set in her convictions, and she's not going to have sex with him. She and wants to have sex with him, but not here. Yeah. And not at this time. I actually really like this the spiel she gives him about it, because it's kind of very refreshing and realistic for these movies. Frank. We have a deal, buddy, and I'm holding you to it. Ah, oh, come on. You know how I feel about you. And I want to. I really do. You know that. But I'm just not going to. Some other time, maybe. But not here. And not now. Hmm. I was thinking that maybe the atmosphere of this place would loosen you up a little. Shit! (laughs) Ed doesn't try and push the sex either. Right? Like, yeah, it was great all around. I liked it. He doesn't get mad. He's just like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I never really understood people who get mad. Just go jerk off. Yeah. <laughs> Sue and Ralph, on the other hand, start fooling around, but she wants him to go lock up. Mm-hmm. And then there's this weird sped up sight gag where it's like a oh, Charlie yeah. Chaplin movie. Whoa, Lord. Goodness gracious. yeah like that i don't want to body shame uh him either but his body hair pattern is 
I've never seen a body hair pattern like that before. I think the main thing for me was that his nipple areas were completely hairless. It like it didn't blend in very well. It like you know how it's almost like a hourglass. Yeah. Where yeah. it started too low on his belly. Where yeah. it seems like maybe he waxed at some point and then it just like grew in like or something. a weird attempt at shape, uh, shaping it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was it was very interesting and not something you see anymore. I think he also had French cuffs on, which pisses me off <laughs> to no end. I Sue actually tells him, "Don't worry about locking the front door because I already locked it, even though we know uh, that it's been unlocked." Sue. Well, even then, like he goes to tell uh, Pam and Ed that. If they hear him ruffling yeah. around downstairs, don't shoot. Yeah, don't worry about He's it. He's just going to go lock up. And Ed's like, why bother? We're the only ones here. Mm-hmm. Which, right. I mean, that's... Regardless of if his dad is the one killing all of these people, that's a pretty big assumption to make, right? I don't know. I You're the only people on the whole island? There's all... We can openly see all of these other... Yeah, and the other thing is, it's not that I think that, oh, locking the door is going to keep someone out. It's going to make me aware of when they break in, if they break in. You know what I mean? Exactly. And Ralph is also, at this point now, he's decided that he's going to go try and find Mike and Linda Mm -hmm. before he locks up so he doesn't lock them out. So he goes outside and to the garage to try and see if Mike and Linda are out there. There's no power. I like this because he's like whispering. Why am I whispering? Mike. Linda. Shit. Why am I whispering? There's absolutely no one else on this island but us. And then he just talks in a super loud voice. Yeah. Really nice. He picks up one of the triangle sinkers and then he finds Linda's underwear on the doorknob of the storage Mm -hmm. room. So he thinks that the two of them are in there fooling around or sleeping or something. Mm -hmm. And he throws the sinker into the door, which wakes up Big Ed. And he gets it like embedded in the door. Yeah. Which is the first of in this movie of people somehow managing to like live up to Big Ed's standards of throwing (laughs) these things. He is... Still thinks it's them in there, but they're not replying at all. Um, So he picks up this hammer and nails and he goes to like nail the door shut, which would have saved all of them. Mm -hmm. But everyone's been telling him, stop being such a prankster. So he doesn't do it. He And then so he's like, okay, guys, I'm going to be a nice guy and not do it. So I'll open the door and wake you up. And then he gets woken up by a pitchfork straight through the neck. Great effects again. And he gets stuck uh, into the door. Hard to watch. Just like the triangle thing that we talked about. And dead. Big Ed heads back inside. We see that Sue is still awake. She's pensively looking out the window, waiting for Ralph to return. She's reading a book. Reading a book. and uh, But then she decides to go look for him. So she heads downstairs and outside... In her flowing, blowing white nightgown, Mm -hmm. where she looked like a 60s horror heroine. Like she should be carrying like a candelabra, wandering through the house. (laughs) Papa, Papa, where are you, Papa? (laughs) And the scream also awakens Pam, who cannot awaken Ed for the life of her. (laughs) Yeah, while Sue is outside, Big Ed comes back inside and he grabs the gaff hook off the the wall Mm -hmm. and while he's down there the noise wakes pam up so she gets up and goes to check on the others and she finds that they're all gone save for this like dummy that ralph has hung and that's his joke from earlier that he promised great hilarious so she goes to wake ed up and she tells him something is wrong in fact she says all of the kids are missing which is a weird, weird, weird line. Yeah, not just everyone else is gone. All of the kids yeah. are missing. All of the children are gone, missing. He begrudgingly gets up and looks with her at all of the empty rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, she was still skulking around outside. She can't seem to find Ralph, but we know that she's being followed by Big Ed with the gaff. So she goes back inside just as Ed and Pam are about to go outside. And she and Pam are worried because a 
everyone missing, which is totally understandable yep. why you would be concerned about this. All of a sudden with no notice. Yeah. They tell Sue to go upstairs and get dressed. Great. Mm-hmm. And uh, they start getting their jackets, sweaters, whatever on, because as Pam says, they're leaving. Yeah. Then she and Ed see that the door is open which spooks her even further. Yeah, that previously locked door. Just wide open. Yeah. Big Ed is a fucking moron. Pam is very smart here. She's just like, nope, we're leaving. Yeah. That's it. We'll be right back. We're going to go get the police. Yeah, and and like if you are yelling for someone and they're not responding. Exactly. And th- well, this is when Sue becomes a total idiot and slips into that. We're not leaving without, without Ralph. Ralph. We can't leave without Ralph. Oh, yes, we Come on. Hey, that's such a great plan to come up with on the fly. And I would have just been like, let's go. So they go outside, but Sue is still reluctant to leave. So she asks them to look one more time, which Ed is totally fine with. So they split up Ed and Pam and then Sue going by herself. Dumb move, but whatever. The second they split up and she rounds that corner, Big Ed gets her. The second. He grabs her, lifts her into the air, and then carries her into the garage, slams her down on the workbench, and then he takes the gaff hook and hooks her in her vagina, which is very gnarly. She doesn't die, and it's pretty, like, it's a pretty gnarly scene, and I would say it's probably the best acting in the movie honestly yeah the hook comes out of her stomach yeah like she isn't shrieking the whole time like she's in shock or maybe he crushed her larynx or something i don't know but then he takes pity on her and axes her her head jesus man yeah it's a pretty intense scene but for what it's worth the director does say he regrets it like he doesn't know what he was thinking when he did it and he really regrets that scene that's good i guess but I don't know. I, I I don't know. It was like very hard to watch, which I think yeah, is always good. Yeah, it was intense, good. man. I think it's always good when you're watching something like that and you're like, oh, God. Oh, you know what I mean? Because it's not um, eroticized or like... Made. Oh, no, it wasn't yeah. at all. It was not 100% not sexualized, yeah. which was very good. It was just super horrific. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Ugh. know. I mean, if you had to do it, I guess that's... I guess. But they didn't have to. But anyways. Pam and Ed come back into the garage and they find all the bodies. First, they find Sue's body because it's still just hanging out on the workbench. She doesn't even get the decency of being hung up. No. Not yet, anyway. He does Uh, hang her up. Good. Uh, So Pam starts screaming and then they see the shadow of Big Ed come into view. Mm Mm-hmm. She ducks into the storage closet, and for some reason, Ed fucking barricades her in there. I think he's like, I'll protect you, and I don't want you getting hurt. Yeah, I mean, like, that's a great idea for now, but if he dies, she's fucked. Exactly. I was also like, what the fuck is that? And plus, she's resourceful, and it's two against one. Yeah, like, she's successfully proven that she's more adept at handling this situation than he is, because he's just like, nothing's wrong. Oh what? Yeah, and the way that <laughs> he silly woman. the way that he goes about this. First of all, this is his dad's thing. He knows his dad better than anyone. You can't find a better weapon than a big metal or a wooden pole. Exactly. So he, he's like behind the corner of the the garage doors, waiting for his dad to come back in, so he can lightly beat him about the shoulders. Yes. He's very quickly dispatched by his father. Yeah. Who then like binds his arms and legs and then goes to axe him when our girl Pam breaks out of the closet just starts throwing shit at him. And that is so prescient. Yeah. To That's what they say to do in school shooting. Yeah, right? or active shooter situations. If you're cornered, just throw everything that you can at them. If everyone does it, it's gonna be super annoying. And I don't know, I, I really like Pam as a character because yeah. she's resourceful in a realistic way. She's like the Aaron from your next of Yeah, this or like era. Sydney, Sydney Prescott. Yeah, definitely. Sort of style. Uh, big Ed stabs Little Ed in the leg. With his big axe. And then Pam pegs Big Ed right in the head with one of the triangle sinkers. And it like goes into his skull. Yeah, man. Then she finds a knife and stabs him in the chest. She really does a number on him. Yeah, she thinks to look in the drawers of his hunting workshop, (laughs) which 
I mean, what's-his-face didn't do that. No. Yeah, so. He falls down. She's covered in blood. Uh, she cuts Ed free, and then they get in the car, which, of course, won't start. Yeah, and Pam has to drive, even though this car is so finicky that really Ed is the one who should be driving it. Yeah. She makes a tourniquet with his belt for his leg mm-hmm. to stop the bleeding. Smart. And as this is happening, we see over their shoulders through the windscreen that Ed Sr. is getting up. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a It Follows style sort of like background shit. I don't know. I like, there's so many moments in this movie that I really like. like yeah. That. yeah. Like she turns the car light back on and we see that Ed's body's gone and he's on top of the car and he starts axing through the ceiling of the convertible. Hey now. Like grabbing Ed and then Pam starts the car lighter. Yeah. the Literally the only thing that she yeah. can do. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that. And then she burns his hand. But not only does she burn his hand with it, she like drags it across Ooh. where it like it's like ripping his skin. It's great. She's got some moves. I thought it was funny because she had to hit it and then wait for yeah. it to heat up. <laughs> if only she was a better developed character. Yeah, because really all we know about her is that she's uh, she plans ahead. Yeah. And she's resourceful. Again, Buddy Cooper does say that like, because obviously he's done a lot of interviews because of this movie Mm -hmm. especially recently he says he really wishes that the writing was better like if he were to redo it the writing would be what he would change oh yeah well i don't even even without that i think it's still a really good movie yeah anyways the cops show up and big ed is still trying to attack them so pam puts the car in reverse fucking Roars it and smashes him right into that cinder block wall that we saw and Mike like, jump over knocks earlier. it over, basically trapping him between the wall and the car. Ed finally realizes that it's his dad and he starts finally. crying. The cop tells her to pull the car forward, so she does, and we see that Ed has been bisected. And this reminds me of something. Do you ever watch Taxi Cab Confessions? No. On Bravo? When I was a kid, I watched one episode where it was... Uh, retired MTA or like subway police officer in New York City. And he was like, when people jump onto the tracks or are pushed onto the tracks or fall into the tracks and the train comes in, it twists them all up. Mm-hmm. And then they're pressed against between the train and the wall of the station. So they're still alive, but obviously they have to take the train out. Yeah. So they'll call people in, like, oh, do you want what do you want to say to your family before you die? Mm-hmm. Like they'll bring people in and then they'll say, Okay, well, we gotta clear the station, so we're gonna unwind you now. Eee. Yeah, that's what that reminded me of. Pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but he like like you said, he didn't die. He has yeah. enough time to cut the leg off of one of the cops. Oh, what an asshole. And then he dies. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> I it's a sleepy small town. They probably killed half. He's probably killed or maimed half the police force just tonight. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, what a dick. Cut to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Ed walks down the hall to visit Pam in her room. And they try and trick you out. So I think you're supposed to think she's catatonic or something. Yeah, yeah. But she's cool. She like rests her head on his hands and then it ends. Yeah, we see them from behind. And it's sort of like shot almost opposite to the opening thing where like uh the dead wife is on the floor and he's you know what i mean um but more optimistic and i think obviously they were trying to set up a sequel as well right Mm -hmm. because one of the biggest unanswered questions i would say the other person yeah who's his drinking buddy exactly and that's probably who would be the killer in the next one revenge on top of revenge i like it So I guess I'll talk about the production. So the whole idea for this movie came up while Buddy Cooper was walking down the beach with a friend of his after Labor Day, and they started sort of pitching ideas back and forth. Cooper suggested a movie where everybody got offed by nautical instruments, and that's sort of where they the idea for this really kicked off. Mm-hmm. And he was really inspired by other franchises of the time, like halloween and friday the 13th he was actually practicing law at the time and the decision to make a horror movie was an economic choice which just sort of reminds me of haunted ween yeah like where i was like oh horror movies are making a shit ton of money that's what i'm gonna do yeah 
That's interesting that he's a lawyer too, just like uh, what's his face's character. Oh yeah, man. He says it was a an economic choice because at the time most movie tickets being sold were for horror movies. So he thought that a low budget horror flick would be the best opportunity to make a movie mm-hmm. and probably make their budget back. So he would get up early in the morning, go into his office, and dictate the screenplay to his secretary <laughs> until 8 a.m. when he would begin practicing law. <laughs> and then after he was done at four, he would review the pages. And the first draft was finished within a month. And after that, it was rewritten a couple of times, I guess. And he was friends with John Douglas, the co-director, who taught screenwriting and production in D.C., who helped him do the rewrites. The film's budget started at $84,000, but they surpassed that in the first week of shooting. Oh, I bet. So Buddy Cooper had to finance the whole film by himself. Wow. He borrowed from the bank and maxed out a couple of credit cards, and the final costs ended up being in the neighborhood of $450,000. And he says that when he paid the loan off, every officer in the bank stopped by it to shake his hand and congratulate him. Oh, dear. So pre-production started in the winter, and the first crew member that they hired was Peter Schnall, the director of photography, Mm -hmm. who was then able to suggest other department heads and brought them from New York City. John Douglas also brought a bunch of recent grads, uh, graduate and undergraduate students to fill out the rest of the crew for casting they tried to stay mostly local so they started locally in carteret county north carolina Mm -hmm. where they cast bill hitchcock ralph and connie rogers sue ruth martinez who played pam attended an open call in greenville north carolina jack chatham who played big ed was cast in greensboro north carolina And then Francis Raines and Matt Miller were cast in New York and flown out. Hmm. The film was shot over 29 days, and it's kind of weird. It was shot in chronological order. Oh, that is weird. It's very bizarre. The cast got along great, even hanging around to watch filming together after their deaths to support each other. Mm. The exception of that being Maury Lampley, who played Mike, who spent his off time suntanning and then left the set as soon as he was killed off. I could totally see that. I guess he also had some other tiffs with the makeup artists and insisted on doing his own makeup. <sighs> kind of bizarre as well. But I mean, he did look old, so I love that, might, that might have That's been. hilarious. I hope he it. darkened his eyebrows <laughs> intentionally. I, I don't know, man. The post-production process took six months. This was another thing that the director said he wished he knew was that you edit while you're filming Mm. instead of doing it all post. Interesting. Yeah. So the mutilator really suffered from drama with the MPAA at the time, as lots of horror movies were. And they were huge jerks about the rating, and they wanted to give it an X rating. So they decided to release it unrated instead in big cities like New York and Los Angeles, and it made 400000 in its opening weekend. But in order for it to get a wide release, it needed an MPAA rating because when it hit middle America and like the Bible Belt, uh, it was like a thing at the time where mm-hmm. if it didn't have a rating, that's it's an X rating, which also meant pornography. Like that's x-rated stuff was pornography so as a result they had like a very difficult time getting bookings for theaters to like play the movie and the ones that they were able to get were all ill-attended because newspapers refused to market an x-rated movie Oh, that's the worst and tv wouldn't advertise it it's truly bizarre so Cooper knew that they needed to recut the film so it could get an R rating, which meant removing all of the gore. And ultimately ended up becoming a cult film, obviously. It's a very good slasher film. Very, like, like, peak representation of, like, 80s slasher movies. Yeah, man. I mean, it didn't even get a DVD release for quite a while. It was very hard to, like, find. Mm. Which is why streaming services like Shudder are amazing now, because it's on there. I mean, we watched the Blu-ray, but... Yeah, it was great. 
I don't know. I really like this movie. How do you feel about it? Me too. I also really like it. I mean, it's not a good movie, but for what it is, as someone who really loves slasher movies, this is truly like a fantastic example mm-hmm. of the whole genre. Oh, I agree. It's really good. There's a lot of different weapons in it. Uh, it had that unique bizarreness to it, which is always good. Yeah. And I mean, it's very by the books too. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like, Definitely some inspiration in Cabin in the Woods from this movie. Like, in particular, the, like, uh, taxidermied heads. Oh, Like, Sue yes. puts her sunglasses on it like at that. the one point. Yeah. And that reminded me of when she, like, makes out with the wolf. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really like it. I, yeah, man. It's a, it's a good movie, and I think this is a good one to kick off our winter season with. Someone's dad being the killer is also unusual. And the fact that our protagonist kills his mother in the opening creds yeah now he's an orphan yeah all that inheritance baby (laughs) yeah because pam killed him yeah nice guess make hopefully use that to pay for the funeral costs of your friends but yeah yeah man as if accidentally killing your mom wasn't bad enough no then all your damn friends are dead yeah was that four of them Four, yeah. Yeah, and a cop. And a cop's leg. Oh, yeah. Shit. So, so five and a little bit. And then your dad can just like, you can throw him in the ocean or something. Yeah, who cares? Feed him to the sharks. He's a real asshole. Yeah, he was. Maybe he was like, I'll wait until my son is of age. He so also doesn't speak. It will. Be- oh, yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't have a single line in the movie. That's true. Presumably he can because he called. Yeah. And he has friends who he drinks with. That's true. That's true. But yeah, no, he doesn't talk. Pyramid sinkers. Yeah, that was probably <laughs> the biggest takeaway from that movie was the pyramid sinkers, mm-hmm. to be honest. You know, I would highly recommend this movie if you haven't seen it. And I think you should see it. It is on Shudder the last time I checked anyway. So can watch it there. Yeah. And I think it's the uncut version on Shudder. Or it might be the cut version. I think the last time we watched it previous to this, we watched it on Shutter, and I really didn't remember the whole uh, gaff scene yeah. in its entirety being there, but I could be mistaken. I could tell that there were parts spliced in. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Anyways. Thank you so much for listening. This yeah. has been our Mutilator episode, and we're excited to spend the winter with you guys, too. Mm-hmm. Cozy up with a nice, hot cup of cocoa. <laughs> and listen to us talk about garbage yeah people getting killed in movies yeah we should be back to our regular schedule now we are still going to keep doing our definitely first blood shorts we just haven't had suspiria play in our theater yet no. which is wildly annoying we but will. sure we will there's another one coming out that i wanted to see too that i'm immediately blanking out on oh cam we might do cam oh yeah, yeah. I, I think it looks interesting And I like the soundtrack to it based on the one song I've heard. (laughs) So make sure you follow us on social media Mm -hmm. at Deaf First Blood on Twitter. Definitely First Blood on Instagram. You can rate us anywhere you want. If you don't want to, that's cool too. We just appreciate you listening. Uh, If you wanted to drop us a line, you could email us at definitelyfirstblood at gmail.com. And good night. Goodbye. Bye. See you next week. Bye.